Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And I thought, you know, they have that segment where they talk about old stuff. And I had the greatest idea for a name. It's Total Recall. But I've got a few critiques. No Japan talk here. I'm talking no anime, no Street Fighter, no World War II. I don't want to hear a thing about a dumpling. God damn it, this is not chili. Send this back where you got it from. Put it in a goddamn bowl. No noodles, no cheese. Bruce, put your damn bowl down and send that shit back as well. Remember, two strikes and you're out. You're sitting at one strike. A full count. Dangerous land, boys. The Attitude Era is dead and gone, and I'm the one who killed it. And mark my words, you do not want to suffer the same fate, because I'll bury you in the ground right next to it. You think I don't know that Raw sucks, Paul? You should know above all else that I'm the one who made it suck. And when I'm done, every television show, everything will suck. It'll all be country music. It'll all be trash TV. And I'll be king. I'll be king of this shit mountain. All right, boys. That was ball one. I listened to that last damn episode. And it was absolutely terrible until the very end when it got on there and it really started sucking bad. And guess what? I'm going to turn this little road trip of yours into the worst suck hole you've ever experienced. Whoa, boys! We're rounding third and right smack in your assholes! Psychology! Oh! Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I'm crazy? You think you can watch every episode of Raw and listen to every country song ever made and know what it means to truly suck? No! (laughs) You were merely brought into the sucking. I was born into sucking. I was made for it. And I will embed it in your thick Fucking shit sucking, cock sucking, goddamn mind from the moment that you take your first breath. And it is I that is the essence and the form of the greatest sucking that anything can achieve. Buster Boys, episode number 49. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Howdy. How we doing? 
Whew. We are in a bit of a celebratory mood today, yes. although albeit uh, slightly uh, hungover, I guess. But yeah. uh, <laughs> which is part of which is all part of it. It's a consequence yes. of being in a celebratory mood. The Cincinnati Bengals snapped their 31-year playoffs drought. Beaumont, my goodness! Uh, in dramatic happened. fashion. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have happened any other way. 26 to 19. Um, yes, it came down to the very last play of the game, which linebacker Jermaine Pratt uh, picked off Derek Carr, like right outside the end zone. You know, obviously they were throwing to tie the game. And yeah. whew, I mean, yeah, it could, like I said, it, you, you knew it was going to be dramatic, even, you know, with the Raiders and, we, you know, we're all feeling confident. It's sure. like we beat them by 19 on the road earlier this year. It's Burrow and not Andy Dalton out. You know, it's just a different team, different energy, but still the Bengals, and they still had that big monkey on their backs. And uh, I'll tell you what, it feels pretty fucking good to get that win last night, buddy. Yes, it does. And uh, kind of today, all the news that I saw and read and all that, uh, you know, has been all, a lot about um, that uh, that call, that Burrow touchdown to uh, the, Tyler the Boyd. Inadvertent whistle, yeah. Inadvertent <laughs> whistle, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, here's my thought. It, and I guess it, it was apparently such a thing that uh, good old Jerome Boger and his crew are probably not going to ref any more playoff games. They gone, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Be, even beyond that. You almost didn't... sounded like Jerome Boger right there when you said they gone. <laughs> like, like they gone. Didn't... I yeah. mean, even beyond that, yeah, that crew just uh, didn't exactly do a bang-up job last no. night. Well, and, and then there was the the um, the reason the Raiders got those three shots in the end zone was because of a, a roughing the passer call yeah. that was very <laughs> questionable as well. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. But, but you know what? Like, if karma is a thing, it's like we've had so much bad shit happen to yes. us in the playoffs from the Palmer energy to literally losing our last playoff game in 2015 because of penalties, even though those penalties and, were completely warranted. The Jeremy Hill fumble even before that. Yes, it's like for once this team in this city caught the break that it needed. And I, you know, even without that, if they end up kicking a field goal, like we were in control the whole game. Even sure. though it came down to the last play, it's like it never got – I mean, it got to three points maybe at some point. I mean, the Raiders led 3-0, but it's like we were always up like 10. You yeah. know, they'd kick a field goal, we'd answer the field goal. So it was going like 7-10, 7-10. Mm-hmm. But, whew, yeah, I'm uh, just happy they got the dub. And I am I was there in the press box. I'm part of the PR game day staff and, like – you know, it's a lot of people that have been working these games or have been fans of the team for a very long time. A lot of people that were at the Steelers game in the press box. So it's like we've all been here before and we know what what happens every time, not what can happen, but what will happen. So on that last drive, you know, everyone's just so nervous and even the whole game up 10. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you all felt this watching it at Dylan's. It's just like it never felt comfortable. It never felt no. safe. It was very fucking tense the entire time. But man, he, when he picked that ball off, it was just like, holy shit, it actually happened. Finally. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it took until that moment to feel that to feel that relief. But but no, uh, what a win uh, on the. On to Tennessee or Buffalo, I think. Likely Tennessee. I mean, I, I, if yeah. the, the Chiefs need to take care of business tonight against the fucking Steelers, god damn it. If they, if they win, I mean, come on. That's a yeah. team we beat twice by like a combined margin of like 46 or 47 sure. points. Um, but but like I think you know I, I can speak for most Bengals fans and say we do want Tennessee next week definitely over Buffalo after sure. how they after how they just dismantled yeah. uh, the Patriots yeah yeah and I like, mean I'm 
I'm sure Derrick Henry's probably coming back, but still, yeah. like I would much rather play Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Not then a go- far drive for Cincinnati fans, you know, five-ish hours for then people to go that all the way travel. Yeah, then to go all the way to upstate New York and play a game in like 10 degree weather. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And now it's like we're playing with house money almost. It's mm-hmm. like they got that win, they get the monkey off the back. You know, Tennessee's the number one seed. I, you know, some of the play calls were a bit conservative yesterday, but I, I I agreed with it. Like, they did what they needed to do to win the game, but now I think they can come into next weekend loose, mm-hmm. and we're, we might have a more talented team than Tennessee. Oh, I mean, oh. it's, uh, you know, they don't scare me. Like, oh. Buffalo or Kansas, you know, even though we beat Kansas City, going on the road in the playoffs, different animals. So, like, this draw, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to win, but uh, don't feel, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Oh, yeah. Like, in, in, in Tennessee, I mean, they had four games. I assume they won all four, two against Jacksonville, two against Houston. Yeah. You know, I know they have the best record, but, but yeah, not too freaked out about those guys at all. And in the so. playoffs, it typically comes down to quarterback play, and mm-hmm. uh, you look at Joe Burrow versus Ryan Tannehill, and no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill, but uh, – it's not even close. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And I mean, hell g- got to give so much credit to Zach Taylor too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people calling for his head, even earlier this year when they lost to the jets and Browns back to back. Um, and you know, I've been around the team a lot, you know, worked for him under Marvin Lewis and, you know, I loved Marvin. Don't get me wrong, but like Zach Hello, just brings a different energy to this team, and like just seeing like the joy and happiness on his face at these press conferences, it's just like I'm so happy for the guy because he did not have a he had a tough first couple of seasons oh, yeah. here, as bad as bad as you you could get. I and mean, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll admit, coming into this season, you know, I'm like, I don't think he's the guy, you know. Uh, but hey, it's all clicked. It's all worked out. And I mean, we've got a young, hungry team and uh, it's just exciting. I mean, it's just feelings we've never felt before. I mean, I was three years old the last time this happened, so I don't fucking remember. Oh, anything. yeah, me, me uh, too. And uh, and I've worked there for yeah. eight seasons now. You know, that's a good chunk of time. And you see a lot of the hardship and the pain and whatever else. And last night kind of made it all worth it. And hey, let's just enjoy the ride from here. Heck yeah. And uh, to uh, dunk on Marvez one more time. One more quote I remember of his. Look at this no, no dunk oh. sweatshirt. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the NBA podcast. NBA podcast I yeah. To, so funny you um, mentioned that. Yeah, but, go uh, ahead. But yeah, I remember Mark. I, I think this is another a quote um, that I'm going to pull from our interview. He said that um, Mike Brown gave Zach Taylor the dreaded vote of confidence. <laughs> You're <laughs> absolutely right. Oh, well, we love Marvez, but he did face plant about the Bengals on our interview. I mean, again, no, no one saw this coming. Of course. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. We won what? I mean, Burrow got hurt last year, but we won what? Like three games last year, something mm-hmm. like that. He wins two in his first season. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good pull. And interestingly enough, so like I'm pretty good friends with a lot of the beat writers because I've been mm-hmm. around them forever and uh, Jeff Hobson of bangles.com did like a media round table mm-hmm. and where like all these different writers pick and Marvez was one of them. And he yeah. did pick the bangles to win last night. Uh, but I did mention to the guy who told me that I'm like, well, interestingly enough, uh, we just called out Marvez on our show this week. So yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to, I think I told you, I'll have to shoot him a text. Like yeah. at some point, I don't, you know, I know he's really busy during the playoffs, of but uh, yeah. 
let him know that we've been jabbing at him a little bit. And hell, maybe we can get him back on uh, sometime in the spring when football's done. Yeah, as long as he doesn't just, you know, say that this is a changing of the guard or anything and give us the Browns curse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we love Marvez, though. Absolutely. Well, uh, one other bit of news this week is we've got speaking of interviews, we've got another one coming up, don't we? Yes, we do. We um, are going to be inviting on the February 6th show. So that is in three weeks. Um, Rayon Ali, author of NBA Jam, the book, um, kind of a pretty funny way. You know, we uh, get um, I think we first talked to this guy back in what was it like October or something like um, that? Yeah, October, November. How did did you just did he we saw him on Twitter somehow? I think yeah. it was you. I don't even remember how it all came about. Well, his account at NBA Jam book. Um, I just saw that in like the um, avatar, or the photo is just that I was like, holy crap, someone wrote yeah. a book about NBA Jam. I clicked yeah. it and then just, you know, read the page. I was like, holy shit, this is really interesting. So I just reached out and was like, hey, man, cool book, you know, through a Hail Mary. You want to come on our show? And he said yes. And uh, turned out he's a big wrestling fan, especially 90s. So, yeah. you know, it was he a referenced- perfect fit. I can't remember what it was, but he referenced a certain like WWF in your house pay-per-view from, yeah, like 96 or something like that. So we'll have to look back at that and maybe we, you know, do a little watch of that or something beforehand. But yeah, that uh, definitely should be a a fun conversation. And he was gracious enough to send us a copy of his digital book, which will, I know you've dug into a little bit already, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I've started, you know read that before the interview but uh and he also does a bunch of other just like i think they mentioned like retro twitter and he shares a lot of you know images of old video games and things of that sort so and he's right up the road in columbus ohio he is yeah yeah he is um but one thing that we um we are um gonna have to try to do uh i don't know where there's one at in cincy i know that um, we're an nba jam arcade is in louisville it's at the rec bar in new albany Oh, yeah. They have that 16-bit is the bar here in OTR, which I'm pretty sure they have NBA Jam down there. But, but, but yeah, we're, uh, we may have to take a little trip before the interview. T- and Get some tilts in. Yeah, get some tilts in. Yeah, play a couple. Because I, I, that and NBA Jam Tournament Edition, the sequel. Now, I remember I never owned those games, but I always rented them. They were a great yeah, game to rent. Same, same. Know? Yeah. Yep. Good shit. And hey, in amidst all the excitement about the Bengals and this interview, didn't even mention what you just heard in the cold open. And we teed up that our interview or our show review this week for Survivor Series 98 was going to have a special guest. And you guessed it. It's none other than our good buddy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, (laughs) who we last saw uh, in Los Angeles uh, mm-hmm. after our spat with Greg Goldman at the live edition of the Greg Goldman hours. So yep. uh, yes, this was one uh, that I've had my eyes on for a long time. And when I got the idea of giving Vince a call, uh, it couldn't have gone any better because we had a wonderful, wonderful conversation with Vinnie Mac the yeah. other day. And uh, what a show to talk through because it truly is some of his best character performances. And it's just peak attitude era Vince yeah. McMahon shit. Yeah, one of the better one of the better stories you can credit to, to to him and his influence. And yeah, it's good stuff for sure. Yep. And then just real quick, next week, 30th anniversary of put that cigarette out. We'll be reviewing Royal Rumble 1992, the best Royal Rumble ever. Yes. We'll be reviewing the whole show. So uh yeah, that's also gonna be a very, very fun one. Yeah, I can't wait for that. 
And we are in now week two of our trial partnership with Manscaped. Yes. Um, so let's get into our little ad read here. But I just had a thought. I wonder if we could maybe get Vince to do one of these because, you know, he's always loved talking about balls and having big balls. And uh, okay. I'm sure he likes to be clean. So uh, sure. maybe we could get him to read one of these. Yeah, he has a very testicular sensibility. All right, all right, all right. Support for, for support Sorry. for. <laughs> I will shut up now. That's okay. Support for Brainbuster Voice is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Champion. Yes. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Mm. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer. The Lawnmower 4.0, you heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide, a lot of fours in there, who mm. trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code BBB at manscaped.com. That's code BBB at manscaped.com. So, Brett, imagine, yes. if you will, shaving with a sleek, well-designed, an optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. What's your favorite time in the bathroom right now? It's not shaving time right now, but uh, I hope it. I mean, sometimes shitting time is good. Uh, shower time can be good, but uh, I'm looking forward to some shaving time. And I know you have used this. I have not yet, but I'm definitely going to be using it this week. And I Certainly. can't wait for some shaving time. Oh, um, yes. See, I, I I was a deodorant time person, you know. Like, okay, yeah. Like I'll I'll count out how many swipes I do. Usually it's between twelve and fourteen, which is pretty intense. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm on, like on, a on each I'm bit, like yeah. a six to eighter, I'd say. Oh yeah, no, I, I always like, if I wear a black shirt, it's always like caked in white right there. Yeah. But, but I digress. <laughs> but 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 um, most recently, uh, whenever uh, after Mansky was gracious enough to send us uh, some of their products, spe- specifically the. Um, Perfect package 4.0. That's right. Yes. And uh, within that was the lawnmower 4.0. Yep. And uh, from the moment I used it to uh, rid of my pubes, it, <laughs> you know, definitely made shaving kind of just a pretty smooth, pretty easy experience, you know, and I did it, you know, after the shower, but the best thing about the 4.0 is you can like legit use it in the shower. Waterproof. Wa- waterproof. Um, it, LED uh, light. LED light, you know, so mm. you can kind of see. Uh, and then, um, what else we got here? Well, you mentioned deodorant time. I've really enjoyed my ball deodorant time, the crop preserver, um, the ball deodorant from Manscaped. I put it on yesterday before the game. And, uh, I'll tell you what, even after I, even after I got home and, you know, walking around and being nervous all day at that game, uh, it still smelled oh, yeah. wonderful. It's still maintained and there was no chafing whatsoever. Again, I can't talk enough about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant from Manscaped and the Crop Reviver, a little spritzer, almost like a ball. It's almost like a ball aftershave, and even though I haven't shaved yet, it still gets the job done and keeps you fresh down there. For sure. And, uh, you know, with with the Crop uh, Preserver, uh, one thing that I kind of have noticed with it is uh, I haven't used it like 
every day with regularity. I've used it yeah. a good bit since I've gotten it, but Same. I've no, I've noticed that generally overall, it's just sort of just up the sm- the quality of the smell yes. down there. Like it just, you know, like it, it's just sort of had a, a, a lingering effect in a good way. It uh, really battles. The, it really battles that taint sweat smell. It does. It, it does. Kind of gets stuck down there a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. It, it helps. It helps manage an area that um, we once thought was uh, was not manageable. And we we so we thought we'd be able to get through this uh, read quicker, but hey, I think that's just a testament to how great Manscaped and their products are. So why don't yes, you sir. check them out? Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code BBB for free shipping and twenty percent off. Your balls will thank you. And you'll say you're welcome. All right, Beaumont. This is one we have been waiting a long time for, well over a year, I'd say. Um, And we have a special guest who uh, we mentioned earlier, um, and uh, boy, this is going to be a hoot, isn't it? Oh, man. I like the sound of now, Max. So it is our distinct pleasure to introduce our former boss and good friend, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Vince, how are you, brother? Been a long time. with you after that whole greg goldman fiasco and i still haven't heard from that fucking guy i decided what i was done wasn't working again all that transcendental meditation and breathing exercises support groups and journaling doesn't change who you are boys and who i am is someone who enjoys being mad and so i decided to hell with all that pansy shit. And I invented my own goddamn coping mechanism. And I call it selective outrage. And I get to decide when and where and why I get mad. It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful, boys. Being angry exactly when you want to be angry. And it pisses me off. And I fucking love it. You get me, boys. Uh, not yeah. particularly, but but, but no, it's great. It's great. Well, it's, it's good great. to good to talk to you. It's been uh, been a while, I guess, since uh, we saw you out in L.A. a few months ago. Uh, sure. Ran into you in the bathroom at the uh, Oakland Awards. That, it was and... at the Goldman Hour, actually. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, at the that Array, whole yeah. that yeah. whole. Uh... I haven't gone to the those fucking Oakland Awards since they did me dirty back in '99. Okay, okay. Well, mm-hmm. hey. Uh, it's good to be here. Good to have you here. And yeah, that whole trip was kind of a blur. But uh, we're yeah. going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite Attitude Era shows. And frankly, sir, I think some of your just best performances all around. Um, and that is Survivor Series 1998, The Deadly Game. And the reason this is, you know, kind of come up and, you know, I've talked about it a couple of times is our second episode back in November of 2020, which is typically Survivor Series season, so to speak. I had watched this show at that time and Beaumont hadn't seen it. So I kind of talked about it solo and, you know, it was like, hey, we got to watch this together because it's just great shit. 
as you would say, sir. Uh, it's such great shit. But I uh, just wanted to bring you on, too, because, again, it's such a key show for you and your character at the time. And, uh, yeah, just uh, figured it'd be a hoot to bring you here and uh, dig into it. Oh, boys, this is this is the cream of the crop, if you fucking will. This is when I was really killing the game, if you will. <laughs> Get that little pun right there. God, I'm funny. You are. You are. You really are. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us, Vince. We know you're busy. Have had a lot going on. You know, can't stop releasing people. It is what it is. But we're not here to talk about that. Uh, so let's uh, let's just dive right in. Like I said, the dead the deadly game. It's a one night tournament for the WWE Championship, which you sir orchestrated this whole thing. St. Louis, ah, St. Louis, Missouri, the Keel Center, November fifteenth, nineteen ninety eight in front of a crowd of 19,322. And last uh, night I was insisting it was the Dome at America Center. I said that uh, probably 10 <laughs> times and I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it is the Keel Center, which I don't know if that's still there, if it's a different name today or whatever. It's, not the, but... it's, not, it's a basketball one, right? Okay, so and yeah, not, it's not, not like a football. Where the, yeah. or where the Blues play or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But uh, hey, uh, I guess I'll just run through the bracket here and then we'll kind of go go from there real quick. So Undertaker and Kane both get a first round bye, so they will meet in the second round. Fucking then we, genius. <laughs> then we have The Rock against Triple H, who everyone knows was hurt. So that was interesting. Uh, we have Gold Dust against Ken Shamrock. Uh, Mankind versus question mark, question mark, question mark, which we'll get to very quickly here. Jeff Jarrett versus Al Snow. X-Pac versus Steven Regal. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Big Boss Man. Uh, but Vince, before we really get into this, uh, you were in a wheelchair here and uh, was just curious, uh, what was the extent of your injury and kind of what happened to you there? Oh, boys, I'm telling you, that night, I remember that pain. My ankle was throbbing left and right. I uh, think I took a digger uh, when I was uh, benching a few too many pounds, you know, I think I uh, twisted a ligament or something like that. But, you know, show must go out and everything like that. So I was there ready to rock, if you will. That's great. Yeah, Mr. McMahon, uh, what uh, did you exactly do to make sure the venue in the show was ADA compliant? Well, you know, that was uh, more of uh, the Briscoe uh, uh, part of it. Um, I, uh, I never really uh, got into that kind of uh, legalese, uh, Bo. I know, I know you're uh, trying to trip me up here, but that was the Briscoe's problem. Hey, good. You, you, sir, know how to delegate for yeah, sure. Yeah, and you yeah. had those stooges to do your beckoning for you, and I credit you for all that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, you uh, kind of the big story here is mankind and that you had forced mankind to getting a makeover. You know, he shaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He made him shave. He's wearing a tuxedo looking. You ever, you ever put a suit on a, on a pig? <laughs> <laughs> so um, how exactly did Mick Foley himself take to all that? Oh, I mean, Mick himself, a great, 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 great guy, you know, everything like that. So he took to it, you know, like like a pig to shit. <laughs> but uh, mankind, no, he fucking hated it, man. Had to drag him out of that boiler and to try and shave around that mask was an absolute travesty of a work. Hey, well, he, he bought in and, you know, he... Uh... He was willing to be the corporate patsy to win the WWE, WWF at the time championship. And uh, obviously this will be an ongoing story as the night continues. Yeah. And, uh, and 
and like Go you know ahead. one of the more compelling it's like out like the the aspect of being out of character for him you know that for is sure. kind of a, a major part of sort of the the, the narrative of this show and we're only like four ish months removed five months from king of the ring 98 when he had that insane hell in the cell match with undertaker he was thrown off so the to top. see that yeah to see the transformation from then to now Definitely a different Mick Foley than we've ever seen. But again, he was doing what he thought he needed to do to get to the top of the mountain. Will it work? Well, we'll find out. So, Vince, you start by coming out and you you make your presence known quite a bit in this show, uh, both out in the ring, backstage, you know, constantly cutting back to you and Patterson and Briscoe and Slaughter, scheming, plotting, Enjoy real hands-on kind of guy. You know yeah. that, Brett. You worked with me before. You got all my voicemails. You know how I work. Yes, you sure are. You sure are. Um, so you are introducing uh, the mystery opponent for mankind. And, <laughs> and I, I'm going to be honest, sir. This is some top form Vince McMahon sarcasm here. Mm-hmm. As you're saying, it's someone with a, a one loss record. That's never been seen before in WWF ends up jumping to WCW. You know, the fans are like, who could this be? And who was it, sir? Oh, it was the cream of the crop. Gilbert. (laughs) That's right. The best part about it, boys, is this is just like a few weeks after that WCW shit can of a pay-per-view cut out during their main event. Oh, man, I was already just kicking their ass so hard. Hilarious. That's right. Halloween Havoc cut out prior to the main event of Goldberg Goldberg and Diamond Dallas Page. And you're right, sir. This is when the tide had already begun to turn towards WWF. Not entirely fully yet. You know, that kind of came early in 99 when your boy Mankind ended up winning the belt. But, uh, yeah, I agree, sir. You were kicking their ass here. And uh, just a great, great uh, trick here to kind of fuck with the audience right off the bat because – you made it seem like it was going to be a big deal, but uh, it's just lowly old Dwayne Gill. And uh, we'll start with our first match in the Deadly Game Tournament in which Mankind defeats Dwayne Gill in 30 seconds. Not really too much to say here, uh, Vince. I think you were just kind of giving your boy an easy pass here in the first round. You know, I just I was I was pissing myself once I got to the back laughing about the whole Gilbert thing so much. I kind of forgot to even turn around and watch what was happening. But I know that... Uh, that guy in the monkey suit, my boy, mankind, pulled this one out. Uh, there was one line, I can't remember if it was Jerry Lawler or Jim Ross, which want to shout out. They do an excellent job mm. on commentary throughout this whole show. But I had a note here um, that Dwayne Gill spends more time on the canvas than Rembrandt. I thought that was fun for <laughs> yeah, a, quick, a quick 30-second match just to get that line in. But, uh, hey, fun stuff. So, Then we get just a brief kind of look back at um, Sable and Jacqueline and their feud on Sunday Night Heat from earlier in the night where Jacqueline kind of beat her down. And uh, Kevin Kelly, who I love, is a great, great interviewer here, now a great commentator in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's, uh, I think he does an interview with Sable here and uh, just kind of teeing up their match for later on. Um, and then we go to our second match of the night in which Al Snow defeats Jeff Jarrett in three minutes, 31 seconds. Vince, I know you had to love the head gimmick, didn't you? You know, another one thing I, uh, 
I definitely inspired uh, Al Snow on that one. I can't, I can't take full credit for it, but God damn it, he knows that I gave him the idea. But I don't want to talk about that other little shitbag. I don't, I don't talk about him anymore. I don't like him anymore. And my favorite part of rewatching this old masterpiece of mine was watching that little fucker get his head taken off. Does that mean you're talking about Double J Jeff Jarrett here, sir? Oh, yeah, little fuckhead. Yeah, yeah, you know I don't like him. I'm, you know what? I'm with you. I've never really been a big Jeff Jarrett guy myself. Um, you know, I think he's done. He did some good heel work at times and, uh, you know, stayed relevant for a while. But I'm with you. I was never really a fan. Bo, what about you? I think his name sounds like a NASCAR driver's. Yeah, and I mean, basically, he's yeah. from Nashville. He's got that southern charm, the guitar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, really. Uh, he, yeah, he oh. didn't really – he wasn't really very much on my radar. Like, you know, I, I would say this is probably the one Jeff Jarrett match I, I remember watching most, and especially Al Snow now that he's, you know, uh, owns OVW with Matt Jones. Yeah, he's uh, part so of he's, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Has been for quite a while down in yeah. your home of Louisville, Kentucky. Um uh-huh. Yeah, I don't really have any notes about this match. Vince, is there anything uh, you want to hit on here? I mean, you kind of already did. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I definitely would have uh, hit on that lady. <laughs> don't tell Linda I said that. Yes, sir. Yeah, Deborah, looking good, looking good. And I love in this match and even kind of the whole show, there's a sign very prominently that just says, I think I need head. Uh, mm-hmm. Sir, I'm sure you were really enjoying getting a kick out of that backstage. So. <laughs> oh, man. I, I fucking hated those signs. They were terrible. But every once in a while, one of those idiots in the you know block out there, they really hit it out of the park. And that one, <laughs> I made sure the camera guy kept getting it. Good work, Vince. Good work. Yeah, I, kudos to you for that one. So uh, let's move on to our next match, which I know this one's going to Hit a bit of a personal chord for you. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats the big boss man by disqualification in three minutes, 20 seconds. Stone Cold does get the win. However, he gets his ass beaten down with the nightstick. And uh, this was definitely all part of your plan all along, wasn't it? Uh, you know, you use the word Stone Cold defeats the big boss man. <laughs> That's really what's your definition of the word defeat really means because Stone Cold definitely took defeat from Big Boss Man's boots. <laughs> Guys, I uh, took a pun class recently. Uh, can you tell? You're, you're, you're a master of pun and innuendo. And a master of fun. Yeah, just uh, good stuff here. Yeah, it's, again, not a long match. And, you know, this is when we get starting the cuts back to you backstage, like I mentioned earlier with Patterson. Just over and yeah. over and over and again. Yeah, you oh, were taking so much great to watch. So much delight, yes. Um, I think at one point you're like, is that good or what? And, uh, yeah. That's you were, good shit, boys. Yeah, like, you, were, you were loving it. Uh, boss Man beat him senseless right in the rattlesnake's heart, and uh, mm-hmm. JR and the King were just absolutely disgusted with you here. Ah, fucking... JR, that stupid homer, always up the stone cold butt. Everyone says that I'm the one. Always will. Fucking JR. <laughs> well, and then after the match, uh, you know, I can't even remember who you're talking to. It might still be the Stooges, but you're like, did you see that same match I saw? There's more where that came from. So, uh, yeah, this is really just the beginning of uh, kind of your plan starting to unfold, which doesn't always go the way you want it, as we'll mm-hmm. get to here shortly. But uh, I'll tell you what, just as a fan watching this now, watching this last year, watching this as a kid, like this show takes you on a ride. 
and it's a wild ride. And it's mostly because of you and your Stooges antics and kind of, you know, playing, you know, having influence over the outcome of these matches. And this is not a show to watch for good quality wrestling by any means, but the storytelling in a single show is some of the best I've ever seen. And this is kind of really when those seeds get going. Yeah. This um, is chock full of plot matches. Oh, you know? Yeah. 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 Ch- like this is a plot show, you know, and I, mean, and I mean it in the best possible way. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is a plot show. No doubt. And uh, boys, Boston, we're a sports and, entertainment company. <laughs> Bo, did you have something else oh, you yeah, wanted yeah. to say? <laughs> no, I was sorry, a big boss man. I thought played a really good uh, enforcer. Yeah, over, over over the course of the show, he gives me mad January six vibes. January six. Oh, that's the insurrection on the Capitol. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I thought that, that that character, that kind of enforcer, that kind of cop person, just really just sort of fit well with the whole uh, corporate uh, aesthetic and ethos that that Vince had going through and the match. He cer- and he certainly gets involved multiple times yes. throughout the show, as yep. we will get to as well. But yeah. Good job, Vince, and uh, kind of beating him down. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, in this next match where you are not too fond of uh, the result here. And that is Steven Regal. He's a man. He's a real man's man. Against X-Pac goes to a double countout in eight minutes and ten seconds. And Vince, right after this match, it cuts to you backstage. And what what is one of my, and I believe Bo's, personal favorites of this show, you are just absolutely incensed. And why is that here? A bye? Stone Cold gets a fucking bye? What are you fucking talking about? I have done everything right so far, and Stone Cold gets a motherfucking bye into the next round? Why in the hell did these two idiots not understand a fucking 10 count? I have to go talk to every one of these goddamn referees after this because none of them understand what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. You, you actually do uh, end up sending it to overtime, um, but then I believe one of the comp- X-Pac can't compete anymore, so that's what happened. You try, you did your damnedest. You sent I, fuck, I fucking did everything yeah. I fucking could, and they still fucked me. <laughs> yeah, you sent Sergeant Slaughter out to send it to overtime, but X-Pac just couldn't go anymore. Um, and yeah, you were uh, you, you just played it brilliantly there. Yeah, understandably so. I mean, obviously, your mission here is to ensure that Stone Cold Steve Austin does not win the title. You know, he just got his ass beat by the big boss man, but he's still in the tournament. And not only that, like you said, he gets a bye to the semifinals. So yeah, definitely a, a, a big uh, bump in the road for you here at this point. Bo, you got something to add? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely uh, just to maybe skip outside of uh, Survivor Series into now, uh, Stephen Michael Adams Regal uh, is one of the people you let go recently. He was really involved in the NXT brand. Uh, what are your feelings on, on that guy kind of from then to now? Well, I uh, once again, uh, as a person, he's a great, great guy. He's He's had his issues. He's peed on some things and he's had a drinking problem for a while. But, you know, back in the day, I don't think I've ever laughed so fucking hard at my own joke that when I made him put on that flannel shirt and walk to the ring every damn day. <laughs> that was 
I'll be honest. That From was- the UK. They're not lumberjacks. <laughs> and that yellow hard hat, the, mu- the music, I already sang it just damn good. You know, outside of going back to watch this show, like I don't really remember much of this Steven Regal character, but again, kudos to you. Just incredible writing here, making it. The Britishman uh, look like a blue collar. Uh, He's a man's man. <laughs> He's a man. He's a real man's man. Uh, and Bo, you were singing the X Pac theme song. I remember I was in the kitchen last night, and you were just, you were breaking it down. What song is that again? The e- how did the, it go? De- the degeneration. Oh, the, you think you can tell us what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think you can tell us what to wear? <laughs> yeah, which it's funny because I, I was always singing. That in like elementary school and my parents were telling me what to do and what to wear on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, so little aside here, we went, uh, I went to school at St. Pius the 10th, which the 10 is an X. So we would always do the suck it in school with that. And like to the point where one of our priests would throw up the X. Now he wouldn't bring it down. But uh, yeah, that was always fun. Um, this match kind of stunk and you could tell they were really trying to kill time. Like just a lot of submission holds and things of that sort. But, uh, yeah, the result, uh, not to your pleasure, Vince, but, uh, you know, I did love, I did love at the very, very end of the backstage sketch after you blew up about it, that you just hear Gerald Briscoe go, I'm sorry, Mr. Mac, man, (laughs) (laughs) fucking Briscoe. God damn. I fucking put every piece in place and that god still fuck it up <laughs> it really made me laugh but uh all right so we've got a couple more first round matches to go and uh this next one is probably the best first round match and it's really not saying too much and that is ken shamrock defeating gold dust in five minutes 56 seconds um bo you had a quote last night saying that this was like the Zach Brown band versus Lady Antebellum. Could yeah. you uh, expound upon that? Uh, you know, it, it, like considering your propensity for country music, Vince. And uh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this uh, match was the most uh, country music out of all of them, uh, you know, in its blandness and its lack of originality. Um, you know, and we even called it a bullshit match. That's I've been wanting to do for all of Dustin Rhodes's matches. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, again, it was, it wasn't good, but it was probably the best first round match. And again, it's only six minutes. Uh, Vince, anything you'd like to add about either of these, uh, gentlemen here? The funniest thing is I got another one of the Rhodes family to fucking dress up like an idiot, go out there and dance for me. So you do love doing that to those roads. You know, it just really brings a smile to my old man's heart. Every time I get a Rhodes family member to dress up in a funny costume and go out there and do something for me. What yeah, would you, you had. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, uh, what would you make Cody Rhodes dress up in if he were with WWE? Yeah, well, now. I mean, the funny when I had him with the star on his face, that was pretty funny. I got to admit. Yeah. But if I had him back now, I think I'd have him be the second gold dust, silver dust. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. He's done Stardust already. Silver. I'm sure Cody would love that too. Silver. <laughs> platinum dust, lead dust, you know. He ain't worth platinum. No, he ain't. But yeah, there was also a fun sell by Gold Dust as he like flopped in the corner. You know, he hit the post and I think just did a nice flop. But anyway, uh, after this match, we cut backstage to Michael Cole. 
with an update on Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said he refused medical attention and he will find a way to make it out for his semifinal match. Again, Vince, uh, I'm sure you're not uh, you were you weren't thrilled to hear this report from Michael Cole because I'm sure you were hoping. I don't. He's a fucking. He he just don't fucking die. Beat him with a knife stick and he still won't die. Yeah, tough break for you here. Um, Then uh, okay, we get the Rock coming out here. Do you smell what the Rock is cooking? And kind of an interesting time for The Rock here. You know, he'd been kind of taken over the nation of domination from Farouk, was really a top heel, kind of all of 1998. Um, but at this point in the year, um, you know, fans starting to come around to him. He's so cool. He's been doing such a great job. You know, he's still getting some minor booze here, but mostly getting cheered. Um, so this, uh, you know, it's an interesting time for the rock and, uh, gets a little bit more interesting as we get to the end. Uh, so he's supposed to be facing triple H, which again, as I said earlier, everyone knew he was injured. So clearly you had something up your sleeve here and, um, the DX music hits for triple H and it's not triple H, but it's Patterson and Briscoe. And Briscoe says that Mr. McMahon has asked him to come out here and make an announcement and that Triple H isn't here and he ain't going to wrestle. And he chose not to. Because he's lazy. Yeah, and he chose not to show. So Briscoe's going to fire him. And then Patterson announces his opponent. And what do you know? It's the big boss man yet again. So uh, you kind of had boss man really acting, you know, really doing all the dirty work for you in this one. You know, honestly, I really hated having to cut him like five checks for the night for every time I had to keep sending him out there, but it was probably worth every penny of it. Well, this one didn't last long as The Rock defeats the big boss man in four seconds. An immediate roll-up. One, two, three. You couldn't even, uh, you couldn't be happy about that one, but I love that Jerry the King's like, I didn't even have a chance to smell what he was cooking. I thought that was pretty good. But uh, how'd you feel about this one, Vince, after you trotted him out there to try and get the best of The Rock? Because at this point, you clearly don't want The Rock to win either. Like, it's Stone Cold is the top of the list, but then you definitely don't want The Rock either because you sense the fans kind of coming around to him. But what was your reaction to this? Once again, I, I just don't understand. I put all of the pieces in place for these idiots to just get the job done. And what do they do? What do they do, boys? They fuck me. They fuck me over and they screw it up. But once again, Big Boss Man's worth every fucking penny I've paid him over the years. Yeah, and uh, wh- why did you choose uh, him to kind of play this dirty work in Forcer Row, Mr. McMahon? Well... Bo, you might not know this, but he actually used to work in a prison. So he's pretty used to the dirty work. So once I pulled him out of that prison and brought him over to my company, I said, you know what you're going to be doing? Dirty work. And he was totally cool with it. Yeah, you're right. He was a corrections officer from Cobb County, Georgia, which is where our good friend Azar lives as well. So, uh, yeah, interesting parallels there. But, uh, yeah, good stuff out of you, Vince. So we get to the second round here. And our two men that got a buy and have had been embroiled in a rivalry for about a year now. And The Undertaker with Paul Bear, or as Bo called him last night, Louis Anderson, defeats Kane in 7 minutes, 16 seconds. Um, you know, like I said, these two had a, a big match at WrestleMania earlier that year where it took three tombstones to knock Kane out. 
They had an Inferno match earlier this year. Um, so this match, nowhere near on the level of those two, kind of plodding, kind of slow. Um, you know, the crowd was kind of dead. Crowd was pretty dead for a lot of the first round. Because, again, I think there's just there's a nervousness in the building and that everyone knows these matches in the beginning don't really matter. And it's just a tense energy in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it ends up um, – I know Paul Bear's getting involved here. Uh, they both end up going for a choke slam, but Undertaker's able to hit the tombstone pile driver for the win. Uh, sir, did you – you know, you didn't really have too much of a dog in this fight, but I know later on in the show it comes out that you think you can work with the Undertaker – and he'd kind of been trending Healy here a little bit for one of the first times. So what was your reaction to this? Really? I was just hoping that they just killed each other. Honestly, I wanted them both just gone off my, off my books completely. But you know, sometimes boys, you have to be willing to pivot. Not every plan is going to come together just the way you think it is. So sometimes you gotta be ready to maybe switch up some things. Slight heel pivot. Oh, yes. Uh, I think you did a good job with that on this evening. Uh, I did want to say a line. Uh, JR is basically like, I don't want to ref this match. But he's like, I wouldn't mind refing Sable and Jacqueline later. <laughs> I thought that was a fun line. Bo, do you have any thoughts here on anything? Yeah, I guess I saw an interesting correlation between like these manager characters that, that you've had, Mr. McMahon, you know, and I guess this is, you know, different there, but him, um, Paul Heyman, Paul Kevin Mattingly Heyman. Uh, what, was he at was he at Survivor Series or is, or is that not yet? He was still running ECW at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Potentially, um, I haven't like, paid him off yet. Well, I mean, I'm already paid him sort of, but not really to be working with me. I was gonna say, Vince. Yeah, there's been rumors that you know you were kind of shoving Paul Heyman some checks during this time in ECW. Yeah. Well, you know, as they always say, boys, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that little fat fuck. He hated Ted Turner just as much as I did. So, hey, we love Ted Turner here. We do. I met him. He was a kind gentleman. I know you don't like him, but uh, we're not. We're not going to go on. We're no, we're cool here, guys. Yeah, we, we're not going to go there today. But but, um, but kind of to circle back here, Link, um, with uh, Paul Bear, with Heyman, with you know even Cornette. You know, uh, what's it to kind of this very similar character type, you know, of these kind of rounder, bumbling-ish, you know, kind of managers? You know, you know what I've really found, uh, Bo, through the years, is if there's two things that people like, it's one is boobs, and two is watching fat guys get hurt. And honestly, if you can't give them one, you give them the other one. And so every time, you know, you watch the rolling poly guy fall down. It's hilarious. I, I can't disagree. And yeah. you give us some boobs a little bit later in the show as well, as we talked about Jacqueline and Sable. So uh, yeah, good work out of you, Vince. And uh, we get our second, uh, second, or our, yeah, our second, second round match and your boy mankind trotting back out there in the tuxedo. Uh, but you played a little bit of a prank on him here as he's about to face off against Al Snow you took uh, Mr. Sacco and put him on head, didn't you, Vince? <laughs> oh, man. I just, I can't get over myself sometimes. Oh, I know I did this years ago, but. <laughs> Great prank. Great mm -hmm. prank. Um, yeah. And uh, Mankind ends up getting the dirt. He wins in three minutes, 55 seconds. So another brisk uh, match here. 
Um, I, the nice line uh, from Briscoe backstage, like, Mr. Macman, when you stole Sacco and put it on head, and you're like, wait till you see it, he's going to go ballistic. Oh, just a uh, great stuff. Oh, and he went ballistic, Brett. You saw it. I saw it. It was hilarious. It sure was. Yeah. And mankind ends up stomping on head and punching head once he realizes it. Um, he hits the double arm DDT, puts Sako on, mandible claw, and then a uh, great line from Jim Ross here that I'm sure you loved. He says, Maestro McMahon's finest symphony may lead to mankind winning the world title. Your thoughts? You know, every once in a while, that stone-cold brown-nosing son of a bitch gets it right. And that right there is one of those times because some gold spew out of that guy's mouth. This is an incredible symphony you've conducted here. Yeah, Bo, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Number one, that quote from JR sounds like a newspaper headline. Uh, number number two um what kind of really sold you on the the mankind character because we know mick foley's had many different you know kind of characters and iterations um you know it was the uh absolute just how much he just sucked up to me the whole time it was just really great having someone just right around me at all times who was just always trying to please me so much and then just to be able to take it away from him it was Funny a lot of the time. Sometimes, you know, every once in a while it felt a little, yeah, but whatever, that's not here or there. But, you know, it was funny. It was funny, Bo. And, and we know you love sucking, don't you? <laughs> Brett, Brett, you, you. That's why I like you guys. I wouldn't come on anybody's show, but you two. I like you two. The ball's on you two. Mm, yeah, you are the king of sucking, as we have uh, determined. So, <clears throat> Let's let's move right along in the deadly game tournament in second round. The Rock defeats Ken Shamrock in eight minutes, 20 seconds. Again, two other guys that have been embroiled in a rivalry all year long. You know, a lot of the first half of this year. And two guys um, with the word rock in their name. That's correct. Yes. And big shocker. Big boss man coming out here again, and he ends up chucking his nightstick in the ring, which is supposed to be to Ken Shamrock. But yet The Rock, with an incredible interception, hammers him with it and gets the one, two, three. Again, this couldn't have pleased you, sir, because I think that uh, that nightstick was definitely intended for Mr. Shamrock. I literally, once again, I, I, I pay the man. I even gave him a couple of lessons on how to throw the ball. We went out back. We threw the nightstick back and forth for a minute. Like, it should have been easy for him. But no, once again, the idiot messes up. I paid him anyways, though, but... Yes, once again, The Rock, the people's champion, fucking got another win. And as Jim Ross says here, McMahon must be livid, and clearly you were. So we've now got our final four set, and there's some heavy hitters here, and I think this is definitely what the crowd was waiting for. So we have Undertaker versus The Rock, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin. uh, Yeah, against Mankind. Yeah, that is correct. So, you know... You can't be feeling great at this point, just given that the two people you don't want to win are in the final four. However, you've got Mankind, who's been your guy here, that you've been doing anything in your power to make sure he wins. And then again, The Undertaker, like we talked about, rumors had already been said that you were willing to work with him and you could have already been doing some stuff with him. But so what were your thoughts here with this final four? You know, really, it was just making sure that we had a corporate WWF champion, 
come out of this in the end. And yeah, I know Stone Cold was still in there, but God damn it, if I hadn't already beaten him down enough that my boy, Mankind, was going to be able to handle him. And I know it. So I was vehemently all right. Okay, okay. Well, we get our women's championship match in which Sable defeats Jacqueline in three minutes, 14 seconds. So you said it earlier, big fat guys getting beat up and boobs. Here's the boobs. Uh, pretty quick match. You know, Sable had obviously been, you know, rivaling with Mark Mara, who she was with, finally turned on him here. She ends up hitting him with uh, the Sable bomb on the outside, and then she hits uh, Jacqueline with the Sable bomb inside, and she gets uh, the title, and Jacqueline rips some of her hair out. Uh, sir, your thoughts? Uh, Jacqueline the whole time looked like she had a horse mane, and said she stole uh, Sable's hair, and that's all I could focus on. Like, I was really trying to focus past that, obviously, but the whole time, I just I couldn't stop staring at it. And I thought I was going to fall out. And, oh, man. It was wild stuff. That's why I called the match early. I, I got you. Bo, anything to add? Uh, I guess I must say hair gimmicks must have grown on you because Bianca Belair is very recently your SmackDown Women's Champion, and her hair gimmick is a pretty big thing, part of her identity. But she could use it as a weapon. Like, how cool is that? It's like Indiana Jones and the whip. Yeah. Whip. Whip. Boys, you know, before I keep talking about my greatness, I want to talk about something else with you. That's one of the most important things on this planet, and that's balls. You guys know that if I care about one thing, it's about having big brass balls. It's very important in business, in lifting, in life, in lovemaking, everything. Super important. But the most important thing about having these giant brass balls of mine, gotta keep them clean, boys. Really hate when they get a funk. I'm telling you, when you're dead squatting 700 pounds and you can smell the funk coming off of your giant brass balls, it's disgusting. That's why I heard through the grapevine that you boys might be working with Manscaped. And I gotta tell you, great call. I love those guys. They do everything for me. They keep these giant brass knockers of mine clean as a whistle. You're absolutely right, sir. Yes, we have a, a one-month trial partnership with Manscaped. And thank you for bringing that up. Uh, certainly didn't expect that from you. But uh, not surprised whatsoever you like them. Because, yeah, as we know, you certainly love balls. Sir, if you use... The promo code BBB at manscaped.com. You will get 20% off and free shipping on all Manscaped products. And Beaumont, do you want to tell Mr. McMahon about the Perfect Package 4.0? I'd be honored. Within the Perfect Package 4.0, Mr. McMahon, we have the Lawnmower 4.0, which has skin safe technology, reduces cuts and nicks. Um, it has a charger. It's uh, waterproof. It has waterproof, yes. It has really smooth blades. You can shave outside of the shower, in the shower. It doesn't even matter. In the dark. And a light so you can see really where you're going. Well, that'll be perfect for me, boys. You know I like to get my lift out at about 3 in the morning. Sun isn't usually up yet. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, and I know I wouldn't peg you for a tidy whiteies guy, but you should definitely uh, try the, the Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Um, Anti-chafing, uh, very comfortable. Uh, give it a shot. And uh, what else comes in that? Oh, man, the there's crop. 
the crop reviver, which yes. is kind of like an aftershave for your balls, you know, give it a nice little spritz. We'll just keep it, just keep it fresh and clean. But my personal favorite is uh, the crop preserver or the mm -hmm. ball deodorant, sir. Uh, after you take a shower, just slap that on in your nether regions down there. It'll keep them clean, keep them anti-chafing. And boy, it just smells great all day down there. Very aromatic. And again, that is promo code BBB at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on all Manscaped products. Thank you very much. And uh, your balls will thank you. And you'll say you're welcome. Take care of your balls, boys. Very important. All right. Are we ready? Because we are about to enter as this is about to get intense, ladies and gentlemen. We're entering the final four. Our first final four match is your boy, Mankind, still in the tuxedo, still clean shaven, against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, sir, your ruse pays off as Mankind defeats Stone Cold Steve Austin in 10 minutes, 27 seconds. Wait as a whistle! With, <laughs> with the assistance of your son, Shane McMahon as the referee who comes out um, as the other ref uh, gets, he got knocked out. So Shane had to come out now weeks prior, you know, you and Shane had been at odds. You had fired stone cold Shane rehired him. So you and Shane were not getting along seemingly, but again, clearly this was all part of the plan. Shane slides in there after stone cold hits the stunner one, two, and then the double middle fingers. Oh, my goodness. And uh, not only that, even before that, you had pulled referee Mike Kyoto out of the ring after the stunner. You got out of your wheelchair. But why would you have to punch him? What was going on there, Vince? I'm going to tell you right now, Brett, it was an act of God. Because my ankle, I'm telling you, there was no way that that ankle should have let me get up and jump around and grab Kyoto when he was clearly not doing his job right. And then, well, I'm telling you, when I looked him right in the eye and I had the power of God in me, I knew what I must do. And I punched him in the stupid face because he fucked up. Unbelievable. And, and, and he yeah, is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of those? It's a very, like, uh, rare uh, medical uh, temporary condition when, like, say you have a broken arm. Um, like it'll work for like 30 seconds, like normal. And then it goes back to being broken. So I know what you're talking about, Mr. McMahon. Beaumont, I even use your full name there because I like you. I like you a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And this match actually ends with, you know, after you pull out Kyoto, <laughs> the double middle finger from Shane, then Briscoe and Slaughter get in the ring. Uh, Briscoe hits Stone Cold with the chair and your son Shane counts the one, two, three, and a couple other just notes from this one that I love. Um, just your just vehement cheering out there for Mick Foley. Come on, Mick. Come on, Mick. You're getting really into this one. I'm loving the passion. And, and I just noted here that you had intangible genius facial expressions during this match. You were killing it all night with the facial expressions, sir. <laughs> sure, sir. Um, and a great line from, I believe, Jim Ross again said, it is not healthy mentally or physically possible to hate someone as much as Vince hates stone cold. Your thoughts on that quote. Was that true? Brett, I honestly was willing to do anything and I mean anything to make sure that stone cold 
never touched my championship again. So yeah, once again, that dumb brown noser, apparently a broken clock is right twice a day. Well, one of the best swerves in the history of the WWF here, in my opinion, you and your crew hightail it out of there. And then Stone, <laughs> then Stone Cold commits Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. stealing a car in the back and chasing you out. Bo, do you have some thoughts here, questions for Mr. McMahon? Because this was obviously a very key turning point in this show and really just in the WWF at this time, just a huge moment. Yeah, no, this is definitely, um, you could tell at this moment, that's when like the stakes just kind of went up. You know, oh, yeah. like like uh, like rocketed up astronomically. Um, and I thought like, you know, th- this was kind of the moment when I realized, you know, you get one chance to do a story like this, this on the nose where there's like the corporate people buying off the rest and Shane doing that. But but damn, did you nail it? You know, like I feel like this is it, this is a one chance deal. If, you know, someone tried to do it again, it would seem like a facsimile. Um, so this is, you know, the, 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 the standard. And I thought that was very impressive. Um, so whenever Stone Cold chased you all, did you all just drive around the stadium or, uh, Oh, this is the best part of the story. Like OJ Simpson or something like that. No, what we did is actually we drove out of there and we knew that crazy SOB would definitely steal someone else's truck. So we had a second limo out there waiting. And so after we drove out, we just parked and then he followed the other limo. I don't know how long he followed that limo for, but. And I tell you, boys, this is seriously my smartest night that I ever had in my life. Classic misdirection here by you, sir. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, yeah, you end up back at the arena pretty quickly. And uh, Stone Cold may end up back there at some point, too. But, wow, what a swerve. What a moment. And like Bo said, the stakes are raised. And now the crowd is, you know, on the edge of their seat. Like, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, go ahead. Uh, so you have to get hats off to Mick Foley. Plot match extraordinaire. Oh, yeah. The mm. king of the plot match here in this mm. one, no doubt. Um, a line, this one might, I think it's, again, your boy, that brown nose of Jim Ross again. He says, mankind is being relegated to being the village idiot. So he, not a fan here of what you've done to mankind. But again, mankind going going into it. Like he's, he's playing along. He wants to win the championship. And again, this is how he can do it. So, uh Village idiot or not, you're pulling all the right strings here, sir. Give the guy a shot to try and win the title, and JR still pissed off at me. Great, JR. What else you want me to do? Well, let's get to our second semifinal match here in the Deadly Game Tournament, in which The Rock defeats The Undertaker by disqualification in 8 minutes and 23 seconds. You know, not the best match in the world at this point, but, uh, you know, it's a big plot match, no doubt about it. But it ends with Kane coming into the ring, who lost to The Undertaker earlier. Taker kind of shoves the rock into Kane, and Kane kind of thinks about it for a second and plants him with a choke slam, which, again, results in the disqualification loss for The Undertaker. A win for The Rock, which, again... You were, I think, more pulling for The Undertaker here, at least from what everybody knew at that point. Um, and, you know, that may change here shortly. But uh, what was uh, what was your reaction to this? And now knowing that we've got a Mankind versus The Rock final here on The Horizon. Uh, not going to lie to you. Didn't see this match at all. We were uh, at the McDonald's, actually, getting a happy meal for Shane. So um, I got back to the arena finding out that that fucking idiot Kane came out. 
and ruined the thing for the Undertaker. So once again, pivot, boys, pivot. You were the king of the pivot on this one. Yeah, so we've got our final set. We get a promo from Mankind saying if you smell what the sock is cooking and he's going to win the championship. But before that, we have a bit of a popcorn match here to give uh, give the guys some time to recover because obviously both these gentlemen have had three matches tonight. You know, Mankind's first couple, not quite much going on there. But, you know, the match with Austin was actually really good. Um, by far the best match of the night to this point. Um, you know, those two slugged it out. So, you know, he's, he's definitely got to be hurting a little bit. And The Rock has had three, you know, relatively serious matches, I guess. Um, well, no, the first one, not really, because it was four seconds. But, you know, so uh, this match is for the World Tag Team Championship. The New Age Outlaws defeat D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry in the Headbangers in 10 minutes, 10 seconds. You know, not much to write home about here. Like I said, this was more of like a time killer, given given these guys a chance to showcase themselves. But uh, Vince would just love to hear kind of your thoughts on all three of these teams. Again, I'm sure in this moment you're not really too dialed into this match because you've got bigger fish to fry. But, again, just kind of want to hear your thoughts on these guys. Uh, you guys ever had like a, a sore that just like wouldn't heal or anything like that, boys? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It happens. That's what tag team wrestling is to me. Just want it to fucking go away. I fucking hate tag team wrestling. <laughs> no thoughts on uh, the headbangers here? Well, I mean, I got two guys to dress up in uh, skirts and go out there and dance around for me. So, I mean, that's comedy gold. I, I would agree. And, uh, you know, the New Age Outlaws obviously were very over with the crowd doing the suck it's and Love seeing Bob D D'Lo Brown bobblehead his way around out there, you know, <laughs> but uh, this is pre-sexual chocolate Mark Henry. So, uh, you know, this is just kind of some standard nation of domination Mark Henry. Um, but you know what? I'm going to steal a line from Mark Henry and say, it's time for the main event. Um, but before we uh, really dive in here, um, you and Shane are backstage. You guys are clearly back from McDonald's. At this point, I hope Shane enjoyed his Happy Meal. Do you remember what the toy was in that Happy Meal? Uh, I think this would have been right around the time of uh, the Batman Forever, maybe. Or maybe uh, so it was a pretty good one, actually. Wow, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I bet you bought him those mugs. You know, those mu those character mugs. I bet Jim Carrey's face is the Riddler. Hilarious, boys. Comedy gold. That he demanded all four. Let's see, I was actually thinking, I know this was also around the time of Beanie Babies, and remember McDonald's did like the mini Beanie Babies in uh, the Happy Meals as well, but yeah, I hope Shane enjoyed his meal, and you basically, you're talking with Boss Man, and finally, you relieve him of his duties here. You say, you and Shane got this, and he can go home, so you must be feeling pretty confident here going into the main event. Ah, going into the main event, yes, yes, this, this is where the McMahon... Family plan comes together. <laughs> it sure is. And in our main event, for the vacant WWF World Championship, The Rock defeats Mankind in 17 minutes, 10 seconds. And, sir, you are up to it again. Woo, boy. Um it, it is a rehash of Survivor Series 97, the Montreal screw job, but this time it's the St. Louis screw job. 
Before we get to that, I do want to just pick up at a point in the match where Mankind does an elbow drop through the Spanish announce table. The Rock moves. Ouch, that looked like it hurt. And again, this was a great match. Um, and then the Rock hit the people's elbow for a two count. Mankind with a double arm DDT gets out Socko. Mandible claw. Rock gets out, hits a rock bottom. He crawls over for a slow to slowly get the cover for two. And then the Rock gets up. He shoots you the people's eyebrow. He slaps mankind in the sharpshooter. And, sir, I will let you take it away. <laughs> you got to love it when a plan comes together, boys. All you stupid little marks out there thinking you know what VKM knows. You don't know shit. And I am the smartest. And I got me the corporate champion that I deserved. Not that you deserved. My champion, The Rock. And we called for that bell. And we watched as The Rock raised that belt up as the new WWF champion. Just unbelievable shit, Bo. You had something to add there. While, while, While everyone else is doing algebra, you're doing calculus, aren't you, McMahon? You're all up there playing checkers, and I'm playing Chinese checkers. Way harder, and it's got a lot more pieces. You know, and uh, I think what made this exceptionally effective for me, because, you know, I knew what happened going in, you know, so I I didn't watch it not knowing what was going to happen. But um, from my perspective, I thought it was more rewarding uh, knowing what's happened just to see the seeds of, you know, the commentary was treating it as a foregone conclusion that mankind was uh, going to win. And it was sold and it was sold and it was sold. Um, and but it you had saw, been throughout the whole show, you know, yeah. that was the whole thing, and, yeah. and, and so I think you know, then as a viewer, I kind of look for the little thing, the indicators that no, it's actually going to be this way, and 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 the rack is going to win. And I, you know, was fascinated, and honestly, it made for a more enjoyable viewing experience for me, and made the mankind character way more sympathetic and, and compelling, which is, I think, what you were going for. So, in my opinion, watching it this way is the best way to watch Survivor Series 98. And I do want to ask, sir, how long was this the plan? You know, like, I'd imagine you came into this night knowing that this is exactly what you wanted to happen. Your symphony, your conducting, you're pulling all the strings. But really, when did you decide Mm -hmm. that this is the route you were going? I mean, obviously, you had mankind eating out of the palm of your hand. Uh, Kudos to you. But uh, yeah, how long had all this been in the works? Oh, Brett, the whole time, Brett. I was planning this the whole time. You know what I said earlier? That I was mad at Boss Man for taking that quick pinfall to the rock. Or I was mad at Boss Man for not throwing that nightstick to Ken Shamrock. Ha! Once again, I'm playing Clue while you all play Sorry. Because I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and I am a genius. And then, yes, you are. And then you get on the microphone after and just cut a great promo. You say, seeing is believing. You didn't screw the people. The people screwed the people. Again, a direct parallel to Bret Hart last year. Bret screwed Bret. Um, You said that all the fans are gullible like mankind. Shane gave an Academy Award performance, which you rewarded him with the Happy Meal. So kudos to you for that. And then The Rock, you give The Rock the mic, and he says, every piece of trailer park trash needs to kiss The Rock's ass if you smell what I'm cooking. 
And mankind, boy, you got to feel like Bo said, you got to feel for Mick here. And he's even calling you dad. I mean, again, you manipulated him to a T. When you caused him to behave out of character, which is the number one indicator that this isn't going to work out for him. He, you know, not being himself. And that's never a recipe for success in any narrative. And you feel again, like you feel bad when he's calling you dad and he's just clueless because, you know, everything you told him was this is what was going to happen. And he was following all the orders. So would love to know down today, you know, essentially 13 plus years later, do you have any regrets here? A lot of rage in me, boys. I won't lie. When I think of most things, I just get angry. Looking back on this one, I'm. Mostly proud of myself for everything that I accomplished over this entire night. But I won't lie to you. Looking back at that sad fat man and him almost crying in front of me. It almost makes this old jacked heart break a little bit. But, you know, the past is the past. And I gave him another shot later on. So, you know, he, he, can, he can get over it. He can get over it. Yeah, and I think he did. And Mick Foley, man, he uh, he gave his body to you, uh, put it on the line for you. He gave it to, to WWF slash E during no those doubt. years. Yeah. Well, so let's uh, be remiss to say what happens after this. Stone Cold does make his way back in the arena. You, you strap up Rock with the belt. You put it around his waist. He's holding it. Um, and then Stone Cold. Can I just say? I pay great money for those fucking belts, and they can't even give me one that just snaps properly in the back. All right, making me look like a goddamn moron out there, like I can't put together a belt snap. God damn it, idiots. Why don't you just make it with loops like other belts? Bobon, I might have a paycheck for you one of these days. Not going to lie to you. Well, Stone Cold comes out and he stuns The Rock and he throws the belt at him and then he stuns Mankind. And his music plays as you and The Rock are kind of, and Shane are backing up the ramp. And I want to point out that this sets up beautifully two stories to come, one of which is The Rock and Mankind. I talked about earlier, Mankind ends up winning the belt. In January, the famous Tony Schiavone on WCW spoiling the results, which... I think made like 600,000 people change the channel to WWF. And sir, I think it was really one of your greatest coups. Cause I think that is when the war was truly over. Um, and you know, Shivani utters the famous line. Yeah. That'll put butts in seats. Well, it sure did. And I know that was even the name of his like autobiography or the graphic like novel, graphic yeah. novel. Yeah. Butts in seats that. And then also, the what leads to the first WrestleMania match between Stone Cold and The Rock here um, a few months later at WrestleMania 15. So incredible job of sowing the seeds for both of those stories. And Bo, I think I kind of cut you off before this, but did you have uh, another thought here? Oh, um, I guess one, one other uh, detail to point out, you know, as the uh, final bit was occurring when Stone Cold came to the ring and was attacking The Rock and, and he also attacked Mankind to um, a single beer sailed from the crowd and into the room. Just one, <laughs> yeah. you know, a far cry from what was it? Um, put that cigarette out part to, uh, 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 not beach break bash to the beach where there is, you know, Oh you know, yeah. It, it, there was like a, a, a landfills worth of garbage yeah. into the ring. You know, I, I thought that was funny. Just that one beer, that one person got it in. Yep. Yep. Well, Hey, 
This was awesome. This Vince, was. we are so thrilled that you were able to do this with us and uh, just a fun show to watch again. Again, I mean, probably you can skip a lot of the matches, but there's just so much just shit going on again, like the cutting to you backstage. Like you can't really miss anything because it's all so important for this show, which again is such an important show in the history of your company. Um, just wanted to add any final thoughts here. Uh, just anything else you want to get out about this show, about anything about Greg Goldman, even, I don't know, but, uh, the, the floor is yours, sir. You know, boys, once again, I wouldn't have done this for just anybody, but after everything that we've been through and all the therapy and such that I was supposed to go to, I thought this would be a good, you know, middle ground to reach. So I had a great time looking back at my geniusness just how smart I am in general, and just in my golden age, when I was king, when I truly, truly was king. I I would say you were. Like I said, this night was some of my favorite Vince McMahon stuff, period. And not to mention, sir, that you go on to win the 1999 Royal Rumble. So kudos to you for that. That was her fantasy Um, football Royal Rumble this year. Oh, yeah, that's was, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. His league does. Uh, they've what the last five years or so watches a Royal Rumble to determine their draft order based on who picks what numbers. Yeah. yeah you draw a name out of a hat. So I'm not in their league, but I have picked the Royal Rumbles for them. And knowing that Vince McMahon, you won that one. I thought that was going to be a good one. But uh, yeah, again, thank you so much. This was awesome. What a night. Um, yeah. Anyone, anything to add here? Should we uh, wrap her up? Uh, there's one thing that, that, that I noticed that, that, that's been in my head all day. Go for it. You know, whenever they would cut away to replay, um, you know, th- oh, there yeah. was this sound, this sound. And I swear to God, that is the sound that a door that, that, that is made whenever you open a door in the original editions of doom, the computer game. Oh yeah. We stole all those sound effects. Uh, we also stole a lot of star Trek sound effects. You ever listen back? I fucking love that shit. It's all those nerds, what they love, but the sounds they have on there, hilarious, boys. Your good buddy Bruce Pritchard once said that we would, we could be the Star Trek Five of podcasts. <laughs> how is Bruce? <laughs> yeah, how is Bruce? Yeah. Oh, he's doing great. Gained about another 15 pounds, but he's doing fine. I mean, you and Bruce are running NXT now, correct? Yeah. Like <laughs> Uh, I love the New Year's Evil show, sir. I mean, I'm not watching much at NXT 2.0 because I think, you know, it's not all necessarily for me, but that was a fucking great show. So kudos to you for that. Oh, no problem. I had to get down there, get that thing fixed. Didn't have enough beefy boys. Not <laughs> enough beef. We know you love the beef, sir. And I actually just did a recap of the Royal Rumble 2003, which we'll have up on YouTube soon. And uh, the final four of that is very beefy, just to give the fans a little uh, taste. But again, thank you. This was amazing. It was great catching up with you. And uh, hey, I guess we'll uh, we'll see you on the road sometime again, brother. Uh-huh.